second episode of the star wars squadrons podcast with me here is the other host of the show green fox leaders so how you doing buddy hey what's going on man how's it going oh yeah well this week we've got a guest with us for the second episode we're gonna have our first guest welcome to the podcast scalp waka thank you for being on here buddy thank you guys for having me man oh yeah we were very pleased to have you on feels like you're you know one of the leaders of the community one of those popular streamers of squadrons on twitch so really happy to have you here man how have you been liking squadrons generally so far this year uh the game is honestly i can't put it down right it's basically mm -hmm. the only game that's ever drawn my attention in that way so super pleased in what way do you mean that's the only game that's drawn your attention um, it's just competitive, man. It gives me an adrenaline rush like no other game has given me. And so even when I might get frustrated or whatever, I find myself like, all right, well, let's keep going. You know what I mean? Let's keep playing. You know, anytime I check out your stream, actually, that's one thing that I've noticed is you always have a really positive attitude. I mean, most of the times you're winning, but even in a tighter game, when you have a tougher opponent, you always have a very positive attitude. You can yeah. tell that you enjoy the game either way. So yeah. Now, Star Wars Squadrons only came out, you know, a few months ago. What what did you start out streaming on your channel before that? What was what was how did how did you get into streaming, and what, what games were you streaming earlier? Um, so I started streaming Rocket League earlier this year, and then as we drew closer to the release of Squadrons, I started getting a little antsy. I was hopping games, couldn't find anything I really enjoyed playing, um, so I bounced around between like Apex and then some single player games, just to try to uh, buy time. But Squadrons is really where I found my stride on Twitch, mm -hmm. I guess I would say. Um, and the stream the stream community has grown quite substantially since beginning to stream the game. Yeah, over the last few months, there's been you've seen a great growth in your channel basically from focusing on Squadrons. I'm sorry, what was that? Sorry, from focusing on Squadrons, you've basically seen your channel grow like way more than when you were streaming uh sorry rocket league or anything else earlier yeah yeah i think it's just the nature of the category on twitch and how many people are streaming versus watching it's not it's not saturated hardly at all right so mm -hmm. there's a lot of eyeballs down or i guess comparatively moving around and so that's helped out quite a bit it's an interesting community that way because there is a lot of people it's i don't know sorry this is a weird way to phrase this but a lot of times when i'm playing the game i'll notice people who i've seen streaming the game as well like it's, it seems to be like a tight-knit community that way so i think they maybe i'm correct me if i'm wrong but i do think people kind of tend to support each other too if you, you're like oh i've played against scott walker you might be more likely to check out his stream too so i think it kind of helps out a bit mm -hmm. yeah probably it probably does it's really cool and it's the only game i've experienced that with um knowing just about or at least most people in the community and being able to recognize them in game almost on a daily basis is it's really unique and interesting. 
Yeah, you're right. Uh, compared to Call of Duty or something, you <clears throat> you hardly ever recognize who you're playing against. But in squadrons, you see the same old faces over and over, and you even maybe know their playstyle and what they like to do, whether objective based or dogfighter based. Uh, yeah, and I think it's unique to squadrons that um, you kind of run into the same people over and over. And it's not necessarily a population thing. It's a you know I think the skill based matchmaking is finally working a little bit. Uh, so we start seeing the same people, you know, uh, the, whether they're hero or valiant or whatever in, in fleet battles. Um, and yeah, it's it's kind of cool seeing the same faces and being able to adjust your playstyles to them as well. Yeah, there could be some people I see who I almost feel bad for them too because they don't know about. It doesn't seem like they know about the greater community through the discords either. Like, or it's like they're stuck in a solo queue world. I don't know. How, I wish there was a way to rescue those people in in game messaging or something. Yeah, for sure. I think that's going to be good because those people, maybe they'll end up on Twitch and then they'll see someone like Scalp Waka and then he can kind of, you know, lead them to the right direction. Mm -hmm. Did you find any similarity, Scalp, between uh, Rocket League, like the game mechanics, getting you ready for squadrons in any way? Or is it just kind of what you were playing? Uh, from a game mechanic perspective, I would say both games are very unique in the way that they control or like I guess that go into the mechanics of the game. It requires a different set of I guess skills than what mainstream games require. Cause like playing a first person shooter or whatever, it's not necessarily gonna translate over. And even from other flight sims, it might be a bit of a challenge to get used to squadrons. So I would say they relate in that way and in the competitive nature of the game, but I wouldn't say that necessarily because I played Rocket League, I was able to pick up squadrons quickly. Had you played any flight simulator games before before Squadrons? This is my first flight simulator game. Oh, I'm the, I'm the same way too. This well, I mean, I guess you know, back in the day, I played like Rogue Squadrons, which I mean, that's not a flight simulator. Uh, did you play any Star Wars games as well, or which? What are you a Star Wars fan? How does that relate to you? Yeah, I played a little bit of the um, OG Battlefront Two, and then more recently, a little bit of the newer ones. Could never really get into them though mm -hmm. um but i've always i've grown up watching star wars star wars has a very special place in my heart and in my life so a star wars competitive game finally releasing was like right up my alley yeah man. that's exactly what i felt too i think like i don't know I, more than the battlefront games just this i don't know something about it really attracted me about the idea maybe it's, it's the wish fulfillment of being a young kid in in these ships that's coming through now but yeah just the fact there was a star wars game and a flight sim and competitive it seemed like just all it's just cake all of that together is just so good yes <laughs> yep how so this is your first flight sim how are you playing are you on a controller are you a hodas how, how do you how do you play scope i play on a uh, ps4 controller yeah mm -hmm. Yeah, and have you thought about switching it at all or even trying VR? Does that, I mean, not from a competitive standpoint. I mean, obviously that's that's not for everyone, but just for the fun standpoint, have you thought about trying any of that stuff out? I would love to try it out just from a fun perspective. Um, mm -hmm. But I cannot find a HOTUS and I do not own a VR headset at the moment. So unfortunately, I'll have to wait. Yeah, that's kind of, it's kind of the wrong time of, I don't know, because I, I, that's one thing I would like if it was available right now there was like an e-bar that i could go to and use a virtual reality headset and a hotest like they had sure. it all set up i would totally pay to do that right now like that right. that would be amazing 
<laughs> that would be awesome. And and real quick, Scalp, have you uh, did you end up uh, customizing your, your controller layout very much? I know some people try to pair different buttons so their right right thumb never left the joystick and little things like that. Do you have a custom pairing going on? Or are you using basically stock controls? I'm using standard controls. The only thing I changed was that little scroll wheel to shunt or move your shields around. I changed that to just tapping. Mm -hmm. Oh, okay. Good call. Yeah, but I am looking at getting a controller with paddles on the back just to make some of the uh, binds easier. To yeah. Yeah, I've heard I'm, that works I'm, really good. Those paddles on the back, I heard those are, are really amazing for squadrons. I'm using the same setup, and sometimes when I click in to... Um, Boost and drift. If I, that wasn't on the right stick with the throttle, I feel like that would give me a little bit more control. If I had the at, on the the backside paddle, like you're saying, on an elite controller, that seems like that would be better. Yeah, dedicated boost. Yeah, for sure. Mm -hmm. So, what have you thought so far this year uh, about squadrons and how they've made adjustments to the meta? Have you like? I mean, earlier in the year, the bomber was you know sort of the the meta ship and it's kind of changed to the a-wing how do you think they're doing adjusting those sort of meta to the game so far from a dev standpoint so this is a funny question and i feel like i probably stand on a totally opposite side of the fence mm -hmm. as most people okay but in terms of adjustment um at least from the tie bomber to where we are now i feel like the game is at a pretty solid state there are a few things i personally wish they would change um, but in terms of, I guess, ship balance, things are more or less where they should be. I mean, the Y-Wing is probably underpowered, and in relation, the TIE Interceptor is probably underpowered compared to the faction, the other faction's version of that ship. Yeah, um, the A-Wing. Yeah, I think that's a fit. Yeah, no, I, I agree with you there for sure. I personally feel that Interceptors as a whole are probably too versatile in terms of like the barrage rockets and the ion rockets are a really good example they carry the same amount as fighters carry true so because of that a wings become kind of the fighter for new republic and tie interceptors while they can fill that role they're a little set back because they don't have the regenerative health mm -hmm. or the uh the hitbox so a slight adjustment to some component things but other than that i feel like the game is at a pretty solid spot right yeah. now and see this is where i'm torn so like okay you got the example okay this i'm not torn actually this is what i think they should do i think they should buff the y-wing in this case but sometimes they they go the other way and nerf like they nerf the bomber earlier like they gave it less health they seem to be going that way a little bit more and i feel like that's kind of why the y-wing's where it's at now the boost extension kit isn't helping it that much i don't know it's a tough uh it's tough what to do for the Y-Wing, and it seems like it's going to be pretty much out of it with the release of new ships coming up. I mean, we don't really know when that's going to happen. Do we have any idea when the release of these new ships is going to be? I, December. I would say probably within the next week or two, at minimum. Before Christmas, for sure. Yeah, yeah they've kind of... They have to get them out before Christmas, and there's a rush of people. I mean, it would only add more people playing once those ships come out, that's for sure. Hmm. Well, as far as as far as uh, you know, you're talking about um, you know the meta changing and stuff. Do you notice that? Uh, are you finding yourself playing differently, scalp, or running different loadouts or different ships when you come across a, a five a five man pack that's uh, 
that knows what they're doing, that's coming at you guys aggressively, like versus regular pub games. When you see, uh, for instance, like Remnant Squadron or Gray Squadron or one of the other big squads on the other side, do you end up playing differently or rolling a different layout um, as far as changing your own meta to try to compensate for that versus just playing normal pub games? I run the exact same thing in all of my games. The only thing I would say I change from game to game is whether or not I will die for my team so i tend to (laughs) have the play style of like i'm not gonna kill you necessarily but i'm gonna waste your time as long as i can and you're yes exactly (laughs) okay cool so i'll happily go one and six as long as my team gets the win right yeah Mm. for sure man the way i play cool and when when do you kind of uh, i'm sure you know the time i'm about to lead into this but uh, when do you start seeing a need for potentially getting together with other squads outside of the in-game pub uh setup um, just to kind of expand upon the experience that you're getting. Because I, I know what it's like, you know, just playing eight hours of pubs and you're like, man, I just want to, like, play against some good teams all day and, uh, you know, what's that, what's that going to look like? And uh, now that we have custom matches coming up, when did you first start getting ideas for um, for wanting to get people together to kind of do that kind of stuff? Um, the second I realized, like, that the pl- and this is going to be – a probably come off harsher than i intend it to come off the second i realized that the player base at large was missing the steps to succeed um mm-hmm. i was like okay well what can i do to fix this in terms yeah. of either stream youtube or just any other tool and then custom matches coming out will help that process out quite substantially yeah, man. No, I don't think that's harsh at all. I mean, I think everyone's pretty agreed that the the game gives you the basic tools to to know how to, you know, basically like drift and shoot and change your weapons and stuff. But above and beyond that, um, there's not a whole lot of, uh, you know, um, shuffling you down the road to hit second, third and fifth gear. Right. You know, it's uh, they'll get you up off the ground and get you started and, and putting along. But um, it really does take interacting with other players and other people and other squads to really take it to that next level i totally agree and i don't think it's harsh really saying that at all a lot of games it's you know will, will throw you out into the woods you know and just hope you find your way out again right yep, yep. it's not, not harsh in the least because this community is thirsty for people like you to take the initiative to start this kind of these kind of things you know what i mean people need we need uh someone to do, to do exactly what you did and say hey this is what we're going to do. This is what I want to start. And maybe you should just talk about that exactly, what your ideas are with the squadrons uh, competitive league. Um, so in terms of the league, we wanted to provide a platform where competitive teams could play regularly and consistently and then, like any other sport, culminate mm-hmm. in a championship. And it would provide a good thing for potential casual players that would be interested in the game to watch and be like, oh, there's people like crazy good at this game because esports in most competitive games uh drive casual players to get better at the game and become like that so if we could potentially broadcast competitive play to a large audience or at least a sizable audience um in terms of league play and things they would be interested in potentially trying to get better and mimic what they're seeing I mean, exactly. It sounds like you want to create a platform for all the best players to to showcase their skills. And by doing that, it's going to kind of drive more people to the game and it's going to build an audience for sure. I mean, I think we saw on the second day of the New Republic tournament when there was like 
hundreds of people watching it there's there's a market for you know there's a there's an audience for this game in a competitive uh platform so it's, i think having it set up with dates and like a weekly weekly form a format that's good to go i think it's only going to help grow the game that much more so you had it set up for 20 teams right now off the off the first season right that's the plan to start with right so yeah we figured 20 teams would be manageable it would be easier to i guess run right mm-hmm. we wouldn't be overwhelmed in terms of just sheer number of players coming at us so 20 teams was the benchmark and we filled it up so we're excited to see how that goes and we've got a lot of plans for potential expansion or the addition of other teams for season two and in the future but really right now our focus is okay let's take these 20 teams let's give them the best experience we could possibly provide Mm -hmm. let's have fun with it and let's run a smooth operation that's our primary focus so it's 20 teams three games a week how many weeks is it 20 games uh sorry it's seven weeks is the regular season and Mm -hmm. then we're looking at two weeks potentially for the playoffs. Awesome. That's a great, I think that's a good time frame to have like two months, especially for, you know, the first run of a league like this too. I think that's a, a great way to get it off the ground. Right. Yeah. It gives us time as well to figure things out. Right. So we've got the month of downtime right now up until January 4th. That's when the league kicks off. So we're trying to find ways to maintain the, anticipation or the hype and move that into the new year and then start strong with the games and i think that's actually the perfect time because all through december i mean right now we're actually in i mean the the game started off really strong and where it was with the player base huge crash obviously because of the issues with the uh, the ranking system but what we've seen over the last few weeks with the you know the updates in the game in version 3.0 the announcement of the new ships the sales the game has been growing Yep. It's growing right now. The sales have been on. It's December. This is the time when the game is going to grow. So I think January, having the league start, and then perfect timing to help that growth, like right after the holidays. So I, I mean, I applaud you for that. My wonder is, how will the private matches? Is this going to give a lot of different options to the setup? Is it? Are you going to kind of go traditional with what we've seen five v five and all of that in the league? Um, we don't know exactly what that update's going to hold. So we're mm-hmm. kind of waiting we don't want to make anything that's like okay this is the way it's going to be and then private matches release and we're like oh well now we've got to go back on what we've said so we're kind of waiting to finalize as you will uh structure mm-hmm. and games and things like that yeah i know because this is just me like wondering like because they did say they're going to give us some options on how you can how you can set them up so who knows like maybe there will be a, a different variation of the mode that will come from doing five mans or whatever else that will arise is popular maybe that'll be less health or, or more health or whatever balancing that people would see that could maybe change the setup of those games moving forward so that'd be that's what i'm kind of interested to see of how the customization will give us uh better competition really yeah plus yeah. just the the server browsers themselves i almost think the server browsers is one of the most exciting features like they could keep the ships they could keep all this and that but the server browsers are gonna be so huge because now you can see hey it's a level 185 dude right 
and a bunch of other level 100 pluses, maybe me as a level 5 shouldn't go hopping in that lobby. You know what I mean? Plus, the ping is, is readily available and visible. So I feel like um, not only the options we have in custom matches, but just having the server browser is going to add so much for everybody's play experience. You know, whether you're a level 5 guy that is just getting started or you're level 278 that's looking for other, you know, comparable skill with people, uh, that server browser is going to be huge, you know? Right. No. I really hope in that update they add a way to select what region to play from. Um, that would yes. be, that would be that, huge. For the game. That'd be amazing, man. Yeah, I hear that. This is one of the things that I love about squadrons, but, but is also sort of like a love-hate thing for me because I love playing. With, I mean, I play with people from Moscow, Singapore, Australia, all Europe, all over the world. That's awesome. But then you have the issue of maybe we're not getting the best experience because of the servers being that stretched, right? It'd be kind of yeah. better to have that sometimes too i don't know because i know people use these these different programs so they know what server the game is on and then they can kind of force a crash of the game so it doesn't happen if they don't have a server they like that's that's the kind of the same thing as running from that's the same thing as backing out from a game to me sort of so i, I don't know if i like that aspect either so it's, it's the drawback to a worldwide game too because people are a little obsessed with things so provided to them beforehand so you can avoid those situations i feel like that is better yeah true true yeah most of the uh, europeans you know i've i've never really seen the type of hate rage problems that some of the europeans see when they connect to a west coast server for instance uh but you know apparently it's, it's pretty ruthless and i'm sure it's it's not fun for anybody so if people can kind of you know region mm -hmm. lock or stay within a region or two at least so you're not going all the way around the world <laughs> that'd, be, uh, mm -hmm. that'd be pretty pretty amazing I think most games have a, a region set feature, you know, any kind of multiplayer, series, especially a serious competitive multiplayer game, mostly has a region feature, you know, I don't, I can't really think of one that doesn't necessarily. Yeah, I kind of yeah. went off on a rant there about something, but I just don't like the idea of the, I don't like the problems that it can create without having an ideal connection for everyone. True. But for the most part, it isn't a problem. I guess mostly I see it as a problem when people are just are running from it. But hopefully measures like this and having, not having to rely on just random rank matches will help that yeah. in the future. Yeah. And, and Scalp, what's a, what are some ways that I know you, you said you're going to be taking a knee on this first season, right, to help organize, uh, help do some casting throughout the week. So what are some ways? Are you going to end up um, trying to get some off-book scrims going with some other good squads? Just keep your own personal skills up and your own squad at its, uh, at its top, top, tip-top shape? Uh, how's that going to work? Are you going to maybe compete in some of those five-man's activities just to keep, uh, keep your chops going while you're officiating this first season or what? Yeah, my goal is to be continuously playing competitive games just for like my own fun yeah. and as well to improve as a player right so yeah, outside exactly. of scl i will be taking uh part in some of the other competitive things going on um i just personally cannot compete in scl just because i'm running it quote unquote yeah. right so mm -hmm. yeah um, if somebody else comes along and one ups SCL, please do so I can play. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> a... <laughs> I want to play. Someone do that. <laughs> yeah. yeah, man. As somebody who sacrificed uh, all of my game time for organizational shit, I know how that goes. And it's, uh, you know, yeah. it, it is what it is. Uh, and maybe, you know, you take a knee on a couple games, but the other days, you know, that aren't those three days a week, 
uh, you should be able to get up with some good people and, and just smash on fools and keep your your personal skills up. So when season two comes, you're coming in rocking and rolling, and there's no more conflict of interest, and you're ready to smash. You know what I mean? Uh, that's right, always right. important. Keeping your own personal motivation going and keeping your own personal spirit side is always uh, important mm-hmm. as well, whether you're organizing the thing, playing in the thing, or whatever. You know what I mean? Right, right, absolutely. And yeah. then there's also, like, satisfaction and, like, okay, all these other guys are having fun. Uh, I did my job. Yeah, you know exactly. I mean? So, yep. yeah, well, I mean, man. it's always good. You're promoting. You're promoting the game as a whole too. So that's you know, you're promoting your channel. You're promoting the game. It's all. It's all symbiotic. It's great. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm wondering too. Just uh, is it how will it be one day a week, or will it be you know different game days for different teams? Like how is what what is the structure looking like? If you have an idea right now. Um. So the way when we first sat down and started hashing this out, we were like, okay, people are busy. People have lives setting a set day um we need to avoid so we set the week structure games will be announced on i think we're looking at mondays so we'll announce the new games the matchups and the map on monday and then um teams will have all week to get in contact with the other team and figure out when they want to play that game and then they'll have to record it for just bookkeeping right so we can understand that the game was played and how that game went but I'm looking at casting games, and those will be on a set date. Uh, trying to look at other competitive things going on. If you're out, when would be a good day to consistently cast certain matchups, like high profile ones or whatever, as you will. So you're gonna um, have like a match of the week kind of night if you possibly can. Right, right, right. And the goal there is to just again get eyeballs on the scene um, throughout the regular season, and then prepare for the the playoffs. And hopefully build hype around that right yeah but yeah again it just goes back to flexibility um not everybody in here is in the situation where i'm at where i can just sit down and play this game all day as a job or whatever right so it's important that they have the time to be able to schedule it themselves around mm-hmm. the time that works best for them the other and the other thing too is i mean like i was saying all these pl- european players are on teams with north american players playing against north american players and european play it it it's not easy to just say it's this time because people are on such different schedules. You kind of have to find the balance between all those different teams. Right. And hopefully we'll get to the point where we can split it into an EU league and an NA league as most competitive scenes have, right? And they, if we can combine them or whatever. Yeah. It is kind of inevitable at a certain point. I think as the community grows, it will probably naturally kind of get to that point, I think, too. I think it's kind of one one thing I like about the squadrons you know community though is kind of everyone does play with everyone like i mean the best players Mm -hmm. are is open to playing with you know generally generally for the most part playing with new players too right there's a lot of uh cross play in the community i find yeah for sure and even you know all the best players coming together and helping uh helping us organize around this kind of compendium of the squadrons community knowledge you know the stuff that doesn't really you know remember back in the day uh, i used to get uh handbooks that came with physical games and even these 50 dollars <laughs> huge books you would buy for street fighter 2 right that had all the moves and the combos so these days in 2020 we don't really have that uh, what we have is a bunch of forum posts and reddit posts and youtube videos and stuff right so and uh, Twitch streamers like and Twitch streamers, you know, exactly. tell people, right? that, that is the knowledge pipeline for the modern day gamer. It's it's not the uh, you don't go down to GameStop and buy a book anymore. Uh, these days you hop online and check a million different forums and a million different Steam posts and God <laughs> knows what. Right. So uh, trying to make that into a big compendium, and pass it around to new players is also, uh, I think, a really good thing to do. And, and people can 
uh, figure out how to do dead drifting, retro drifting, micro drifting, all these crazy maneuvers. Uh, they can figure out what the points are on the cap ships to hit in what order. You know what I mean? Stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Just basic stuff so they can go from, you know, uh, from first gear to second gear without having to just stumble through it like we had to for the first two months. You know? So I think uh, it's, it's a- after Christmas, it's going to be way easier to play this game <laughs> than pre-Christmas. You know? Uh, the pre-launch community is. Uh, done a whole bunch of cool stuff scalp here included uh, to get everyone up to where they need to be now so that when the new players come in after christmas boom they've got a, a structure they've got something to look at they've got things to learn they've got a league to enter they've got squads to join you know what i mean there's way more of a foundation uh here coming up uh coming up in january than there ever was uh, back in the fall or summer so i think we're looking looking really good as community overall you know what what do you think is the best way to get better at the game for like from a new player perspective like using practice mode just you know how do you think it's the best way to improve scalp um that's a very open-ended question question. uh everybody (laughs) kind of learns at a different pace and i wish i could i honestly don't remember how i learned the game right i just kind (laughs) of did it so i would say playtime is king right no amount of reading or anything will translate to mechanical ability but you have to combine that with understanding what you're doing wrong and what you're doing right and that's where it gets tricky because there's so many ways to learn i guess what you're doing wrong and what you're doing right so So were you were you just starting off were you going like you know would you have a 5.0 kd off the start or did you did you find that it took a bit for you to figure out squadrons um in dog so i i got the game i loaded it up uh played through like the first two levels on the campaign hopped into dogfight in dogfight i was regularly doing well as a new player on release day but that's release day right Mm -hmm. um and so i was like okay well i need to like learn this game more than just okay here's how to fly here's how to shoot so i played through the campaign and i consistently was trying to like move fast through things all right there you go so if you're trying to get better at the game Focus on movement, right? Because that is the crux of the entire game. Mm-hmm. If your movement sucks, you're gonna suck. No. <laughs> um, yeah. I. Mm-hmm. So, understand movement. Get used to flying in and out of things in tight spaces, nooks and crannies, because people will crash following you. Um, if you can do that, then start adding everything else on top of that. That totally makes. I feel like I, it took me like four hours of just playing dogfights one afternoon to be like, oh, okay, I get it. Like, in the, like a week after release, then I was like, okay, now I get it because I didn't understand. You're totally right. If you can't control your ship and you don't understand the mechanics of how to move, and it's just such a difficult. It's not fun. It's not a fun game until you really get that. Then you can start. Once you get that, then you can start to get kills and figure out how to hit objective. Right. Yep. Absolutely. Yeah, I totally agree. So the thing I'm wondering too is. Oh, no. Uh, right now, just uh, just a couple days ago, we went into Objective Two. Have you noticed? What do you think is the difference between Object? Uh, sorry, not Objective Two, Operation Two. What do you think is the difference between Operation One and Two? Have they made any changes that you've noticed? Because they seem subtle if they're there. Um, the biggest things that I have noticed is in the skill rating. Um, it is easier to gain skill rating now, and mm-hmm. you're not being punished as hard as you're being punished for losses. Um, so I found that most players are getting that satisfaction out of rank that they were not getting otherwise. Um, At least in the lower, the quote-unquote lower ranks, right? 
100%. I mean, going from getting like whatever, five points a game, you're like, nice, five points. And now you can get like 50, 100 points. It's it's such a difference in uh, satisfaction, 100%. Right. So, but like you're moving through divisions at about two to three wins, which feels, I, I think that's a good spot. That's what, at least from coming from Rocket League, that's about what it was on Rocket League. Two, three wins, mm-hmm. you're into the next tier or the next division. Um, and so as long as... And I've still noticed that, and they said they're working on it. Matchmaking has gotten a little better, I think. I'm not sure. Don't quote me on it. But it feels like it's been a little better. And then, but I'm still getting matched with like level fives. And yeah, I, yeah. I that shouldn't happen. <laughs> I don't know. The matchmaking system is weird just because it seems like time of day. Because if I play, I play um, North American early, like, you know, 5 a.m. with a bunch of Euro people I play before I go to work usually. And it can be pretty good matchups then. Like, we'll get, you know, we could go against Namaste if they're all, like, just tough opponents, right? Mm-hmm. But midday, a little later even, like, as it gets into the, the morning, even, like, 10 a.m., then it's, like, not going to be that anymore. It's going gonna, it's gonna to be a little easier, I find. It might be player-based related is what I'm wondering, really. I don't know. It's tough to say. I think Shep is right. People have, people have been saying that the matchmaking is feeling better. And that's something they adjust, I think, on the EA servers in the background without even really needing to push a patch. So if if a lot of people are feeling that's getting better, it probably is because they're just adjusting values. And they said that, they, hmm. that they've been constantly tweaking values this whole time. So I wouldn't be surprised if um, we're actually feeling something different than we were even a week ago, even without a patch, you know, in the past couple right. of days. And the other thing I've noticed, too, and maybe... I feel like the community as a whole has kind of gotten better in the last little bit. Like the time to kill objective is so much faster now. Like teams just know exactly what weapons to use and how to get in quickly. So, I mean, you can get some, if you're not destroying the capital ship quickly, the other team can come in and just shred it ahead of you. So it's, I feel like the game has kind of changed that way. Do you think the skill levels improved, Scott? What have you seen? Um. So in terms of, I guess that, right. Capital ships are getting dropped quickly. What me and this I've noticed, and this has very been very interesting to observe. Teams play drastically different in terms of how they play. Some teams will like just hard hammer the capital ships and not even go for players. Some teams will strictly mm-hmm. go for players and then go for capital ships. Some teams kind of fall in the middle. So it's very interesting to see how all three can be successful. Um with the new ion weaponry, shields are almost non existent on capital ships at this point mm-hmm, mm-hmm. especially against a good team so you have to at least in my my team's philosophy approaching a competitive game is all right we're not gonna we're not necessarily trying to win the dogfight. we're just trying to get small windows of opportunity and once those windows present themselves to our objective players those guys will go in and hit the objective while interceptors are either getting killed and wasting time or killing other players at least and then so like defensively it's important to prevent as much damage coming in as possible so i personally almost never target an interceptor on defense i will strictly go for objective players um once those guys are dead then i'll go for interceptors but by then they're typically pulled out and so that's raider time you know like Mm -hmm. it very interesting <laughs> to see. And you can almost play it in a variety of different ways. There is no one best way to play it. As far as I can tell, um, I could be wrong on that. 
uh, no, it could be situational for sure. It's not. Yeah. You're right. It's not always. But that's uh, you know, that's interesting too to hear. Are you in an interceptor too? When you're saying sometimes you won't even. Yes. Uh, yes, I am yeah. a one trick pony. And I feel like that's uh, yeah, that's right. But that's kind of like different than it was. Even if you, it's just funny how I feel like the player base and just what you're saying. I think that kind of supports that that people have kind of gotten better overall. Whereas like a right. few weeks ago, it'd be like. Yeah, the interceptor's got to target the interceptor right here. You know what I mean? Like, it seems mm-hmm. like the, yeah, I think there's more coordination going on, which is, is real. There's some teams that it's just so hard <laughs> to stop them. I can't even believe it. Like, I'm like, what? Well, they're just so synchronized mm-hmm. that it, even if you do stop the one guy, then two other guys kind of right. get in. So it's, it's interesting to see the game kind of change in this way. And I think part of the reason that we see it too is because of competitive teams playing against each other. I think that kind of leads to people getting better just from them doing it more regularly. So I think that's going to add a huge element when we've got a, a league regularly happening so people can watch these games mm-hmm. too back. I'm assuming, you know, you're going to have highlights and different uh, different videos up on YouTube as well, right? Absolutely. That is a plan. So, but another thing I, in terms of meta that we are doing, I guess, differently than what I've seen in other tournaments is... Uh, we're forcing a map per week. So like week one could be Yavin, week two could be Galatan, and there's going to be one map a week. Um, in the playoffs, the higher-seeded team gets to pick whether they want to pick their faction or pick their map. So in Ooh, terms of it. a perceived love team being more powerful, a team could potentially find that the weaker faction say okay for this example let's use new republic as the stronger faction and price the weaker faction if new republic is the team to pick a team that would have to get an upset anyway to win because they're the lower seated team um could be like okay well galatan works really well as empire right so they're gonna pick new republic first we're gonna pick galatan and they could potentially squeak out a win it, it kind of forces that it's not so reliant on faction we hope anyway we'll Mm -hmm. see what happens in practice we're trying to divvy it up between map balance and faction balance i love it this is such a great way to to do that to to balance out the faction and using the map for everyone too because i think it could lead to different strategies and play styles i think that's that's a great idea i love that you came up with that kudos to you absolutely we've seen go ahead green fox I was just going to say, that's the nice thing about custom matches is you can have, you know, you can have people switch teams on the same map, do the same map over and over, you know, uh, right. get, a, get really right. good. You could do a best of five where they switch back and forth every time just to really see who's the better team, not necessarily who's the better Republic playing team and the better Empire right, right. playing team. Yeah. So I think all the options we have for that kind of stuff is amazing now. It's awesome. And this thought, it, like we've seen teams play differently depending on the map. Like teams will try to execute a certain strategy on certain maps that they wouldn't try on other maps just due to the layout or whatever that map provides. And so that we kind of took that and we were like, okay, well, if there is a faction bias or faction preference, maybe we can kind of negate that with maps. Um, but yeah, 100%. That's definitely... I mean- if there's if there's any way to do that, then it's, that's got to be that's got to be your only that's got to be a strategy to try to attempt that. And I love it. I love that you're putting in the effort to do, do that because I think overall, I mean, that's the one I'm trying to think. That's the one thing that is difficult for this game to balance these two sides out when you have Star Wars canon that you're also trying to fit into. True, right? The game 
is an asymmetric game and it should not be mm. at least in my opinion symmetrical um, it, yeah even the ships themselves like a you know the a-wing isn't necessarily symmetrically balanced with the interceptor on the empire side and neither right. is the x-wing symmetrically uh, balanced with the fighter on the empire mm-hmm. side either so it's kind of like uh yeah i don't know i think overall the two teams in total composition are fairly balanced against each other but they're not direct one-to-one comparisons and i don't think right. people should expect them to be yeah I agree right that's where i fall it it requires you to play differently depending on the faction you're playing and i really enjoy that aspect of the game yeah i think i think it's, it's pretty cool if you imagine a uh, league of legends with the tunes right and the compositions of I don't know who they are, uh, uh, the various tunes for uh, for League of Legends, and if they grab uh, the high lane and the mid lanes and the low lanes and push down the thing, and um, it's even those aren't necessarily balanced one to one. It's the total composition of the teams, right? And which which ones you picked? And I think I think those right. kind of asymmetric uh, balancing uh, across the the individual pieces is cool as long as the overall faction balancing is is feeling pretty good you know and then right. at that point it depends on which chess pieces are you pulling on the board at what time you know not necessarily that the that the the red or the the black is necessarily stronger or worse um as far as you know uh, which side it is because they should theoretically have the same kind of thing it's just how do you utilize it and how do you how do you uh push that strategy with that particular faction at that time yep but long term what are you, what are your goals for the game long term scalp my goals um, mm-hmm. as long as I am able to do what I'm doing already, I'm happy. If the game and the community is growing, even it doesn't necessarily have to grow to be a you know mainstream, extremely popular title, it's always going to be a niche game. As long as the community mm-hmm. is sustaining and the game is in a good place and people are happy with it, I'm happy with it. Like, ultimately, that's... I want the community to enjoy the game as much as I enjoy the game. Um, and that's where my goals lie, right? I think you're you know, creating a space for people to get that. Exactly. Um, do you have any advice for people who are, who are stre- maybe streaming as well the game and what they should be doing? Um, in terms of streaming, I wouldn't say this falls necessarily just gener- like under squadrons, but if you're streaming... Mm-hmm. Um, have fun with it that's i see so many new streamers like focus on the numbers focus on the numbers okay well i can't play this game because people aren't watching play what you enjoy playing um if you don't enjoy playing it don't stream it just because people are watching or whatever stream to have fun and then everything else will kind of fall in place i don't know i think um we talked about the scl a good bit uh we talked about um kind of scalp's beginnings in uh squadrons we talked a little bit about um what is uh his intended future is for squadrons as well. What is his uh, kind of goals are and stuff. I think um, my, my question is what's your normal stream schedule scalp? Where can people see you? What's your Twitch channel? And, uh, and where can we, where can we see some of your content? Okay. So I stream Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday at two thirty central time. Um, I tip, typically go eight to 10 hours. So I tend to end around 10 PM. Uh, I stream on Twitch. That's twitch.tv slash scalpwaka. S-C-A-L-P-W-A-K-K-A. 
Awesome. And you're, you're mainly concentrating on squadrons right now. Are you playing any other games? Or are you basically just main line of squadrons? Just main van? Only squadrons. Nice. Nice. <laughs> That's the way to do it. And you can get your all your Twitch and Instagram and YouTube and Twitter and all that is available through that Twitch as well. Right. <laughs> your Twitch. Yeah. yeah, so yeah everything, get everything yeah. up there. And we'll have it linked down below in the description so everyone can find all that stuff and more about the Squadrons uh, League coming up here too in January. So I think that's everything today, Scalp. Thanks so much for being on the second episode of the podcast. Thank you guys for having me, man. It's been a pleasure. Really appreciate it. Yeah, man. It's Green been Fox, awesome. Let them know where they can find you as well. Yeah, I'm just on a Green Fox Leader on uh, on YouTube predominantly. A little bit of Twitch here and there. Um, but yeah, uh, I'm usually just floating around in the community, uh, just kind of trying to help shepherd stuff along and uh, keep some hype flowing and uh, get people ready for an awesome 2021. Because um, like I said, uh, 2020 was a little bumpy. We had some funky patches, uh, some hardware issues for people, various people here <laughs> and there. So I think uh, 2021 is going to be a really, a, a really fun time for squadrons all around, community-wise, new players-wise, uh, existing players, uh, competitive community, everything. It's going to be hype. It's going to be hype and lit. I'm stoked. Uh, sounds good. Well, from the Star Wars Squadrons podcast, thank you to Scott Walker for being on. And we will catch you guys next time on the podcast. Five one seven to scan control. Five one seven to scan control.